Thanks. Who said that? I love you too. Bailey, that was you, bro. That's only your voice. Hey, before I jump in, um, man, Logan, you didn't have to do that, bro. Wreck me like that. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all are lucky to have Logan. Uh, I love him. Like, that's, that's my little brother. But what he didn't tell you was I told him, like, when he was in 12th grade, hey, bro, we ain't hanging out until you're 18 because this is when I was doing college ministry. I didn't want to do high school ministry at the time. And um, as soon as, is, as it was his birthday, as soon as he turned 18, he texted me and he was like, let's hang out. We went to Blue Cell, remember? And he was, y'all, this is when he was like, like he was a lineman or whatever. What were you? You're huge, bro. Like you're massive. Um, he's massive now. But anyways, um, <laughs> I remember just sitting there at Blue Cell with him. And he was like, I'm going to go to, where were you trying to go? Henderson? And I was like, why would you go to Henderson when God has you here, you know? Um, And I'm just so thankful that you stayed, bro. And I know this community is thankful that you stayed. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And then the freeze, is Emily still here or is it just you? It doesn't matter. Uh, The freeze were my leaders and pastors when I was still here leading in Elevation. And I'm thankful for you guys and your leadership and your friendship. They're the ones that sent me out um, when I transitioned into youth ministry. And um, they did it with so much grace. Um, And y'all have great pastors. Y'all really do. And so I love you, Free, and Emily so much. And then the next person I want to honor is my wife. Tori, raise your hand. That's my wife, Tori. Um, We... Uh, met and fell in love in this ministry. Uh, And so if you're still single and you're still trying to find somebody, let me encourage you guys with this. Girls, that guy is working on it right now. Like the Lord has grown him, speaking to him. He's gonna pursue you soon. Maybe not at all, but he's gonna pursue you when the Lord, he's gonna pursue you when the Lord makes it the right time. So please be patient. Don't try to rush it. You don't want someone that's a potentially good boyfriend you want who is God is calling to be the leader of your relationship. And then fellas, hey man, the the world is attacking you right now and they want you guys to fail. They want you guys to mess up. And so I challenge you guys to um, whatever community, whatever life group that you're part of, man, just lean in, be honest, be real, open up about things right now. It's okay to be vulnerable and just let the Lord free you and heal you so that you can be ready to lead a woman. But again, I'm thankful for my wife. She's my safest place and I love her. And so she's incredible, but I'm really thankful and I'm really humbled to be with you guys this morning. Um, I'm not a super hype person. Um, I don't know if I'm really gonna tell many jokes tonight either. I just felt like encouraging y'all tonight, like a big brother. Uh, which is kind of weird because some of y'all are like almost 10 years younger than me and that's really weird to think about now. But then I remember being an 18 year old and Amir was our college pastor and I was like, wait, this dude is freaking 10 years older than me. And so some of y'all are probably like, no way, that dude is old. Yeah, I'm old. Freeze older though. But um, (laughs) one thing that I'm so thankful for, I'm sorry, don't leave, don't leave. One thing I'm so thankful for right now and I, I hope you guys can agree is just where our church is at right now. 
Um, it's very pure and very sweet right now. We're very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, worship is so much fun. Can y'all agree? Like, I didn't, I didn't even want to speak anymore. I was just like, let's just do this the rest of the time. Like, I wanted to rave. I almost ran into the wall. That's how, like, hype I was. Like, I was like, let's go. Um, and I'm just so thankful for where our church is headed. But not only that, um, I'm encouraged about you guys, young people. Um, a few months ago, the Holy Spirit dropped something in my heart because I'm, I'm in youth ministry and something that uh, us youth pastors and youth leaders, so if you're in here, youth leader, you could probably agree, is um, sometimes it's so hard to see students not get it, you know? Like, they're not going after him. They're not surrendering to him. They're not worshiping. And that can get frustrating sometimes. And a few months ago, uh, just the Holy Spirit dropped something in my heart. And it was when I saw these two students that I've never seen raise their hand during worship before. They were just worshiping the Lord on a Sunday morning. And I was just sitting in the corner like, whoa. And that's when the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. He's like, you see, their faith isn't dead yet. It's more alive than ever. And y'all, that, that wrecked me. It wrecked me in, in such a good way where it's like, one, it gave me energy and rest to, to con continue and finish 2022 because 2022 was hard. But it just gave me an excitement for this next generation because your faith is more alive than ever. Do you guys like good news? I wanna give you a good report and then um, I want to encourage you guys with the scripture before I go into the message because there's something that I can't shake off right now. But this past Wednesday at youth, I'm a youth pastor at the Greater Little Rock campus, um, and it's so much fun. But we had this worship night with over 150 people at it. And y'all, seven students gave their lives to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Yes. And if that doesn't tell you this, this generation's faith isn't alive, like, man, you're not looking. But, um, dang, I'm exposing myself right now. So this week, I said yes to too many things. Some of y'all probably been there before. Y'all say yes to a lot of things. FOMO, um, go to every single game night you can. Um, go into the gym every single day, you know, like, and it's like, you're just tired. You know, I had this one dude telling me, like, he was texting me at 12, one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing right now? He's like, I'm in the gym. And I'm like, bro, get some sleep. Like, are you kidding me? And um, so this week I said yes to a lot of things and I was really exhausted. Um, I was so exhausted to the point where this morning I was like, begging the Lord, like, Lord, will you give me some rest? Because I want to be able to encourage these college students tonight. Um, and I want to give them the best that I can. And uh, I was scheduled to MC at GLR this morning. And I couldn't get the script together. I couldn't get the, the verses together. I couldn't get the encouragement in my mind together. Like my mind was all over the place and it just wouldn't stick. And usually when that happens, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait till the next day because I'll be okay. Well, I wake up this morning and I still couldn't, I couldn't shake this feeling off. And so I get to rehearsal, I completely bomb it. And I was embarrassed because I was like, man, I like doing this well, you know. I like honoring my church in this way, you know. And I felt, I mean, I felt terrible. But what was really sweet and what was really cool was I didn't even have to MC at all because the move of God happened. I moved out of the way and we were able to just worship. And we worshiped from first service 
into second service. Holden in the back was producing. And he was like, bro, what is going on? But no, he knew what was going on. And so, <laughs> come on, he knew what was going on. And so I just felt led to ask somebody in here who's tired and who's weary. Who's tired and who's weary? Check out this verse. Y'all probably know what it is already. Matthew 11, um, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to pray for you tonight. So if you're in here and you're tired, I want you to raise your hand. Hi. What is that? Sorry. Okay. Now, if you're not raising your hand, I want you to lay hands on the people raising their hand. We're going to pray for them. I'll wait. And now remember, this is the church. This is the body. Now I want you guys to pray out loud with me. Okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this ministry and um, for these college students, Lord, or really just the college-age students, God. Um, wherever they are at right now, Lord, in their life, whether it's school, work, um, whatever is holding them down and making them tired, Father, will you just release it off of them right now, Lord? Give them that peace and that joy. Even where they're sitting right now, that book report can wait until later. You know, that, you know they, can, they can call in to work tomorrow. It'll be okay. They won't be looked down at anything, Lord. Give them some rest, Father. Especially the ones that have just been going and going and going and running, God. Will you just encourage them to just slow down so they can fall to their knees and give you this heaviness, this burden, this exhaustion. Lord, they need it, Lord. Give them a supernatural rest. You want your kids to rest, Lord. And so, Father, I pray this over them. Lord, you are so good in your holy name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, it feels better in here now. It really does. Um, like I said, I, I'm really thankful to be here. Uh, this is where it all started for me, literally. Like I was an 18-year-old guy, I came here from Brooklyn, New York, and I'll explain that part later. Y'all are like, why are you here? I ask myself that every day. Why am I here? But I love it. I love this place. Um, but this is, this is where it all started for me. This is where I fell in love with the Lord. This is where I got called into ministry. This is where I met my wife. This place is special to me. Actually, where you're sitting this is where I sat every single time we had service um, when we were here still. And what's crazy is, you're, remind me again, Regan, dude. So this past week, y'all had Young Guns, right? Shout out Young Guns, Regan, Dan, uh, Maddie, and Holden. It was awesome. But I was listening to this podcast and hearing your testimony changed what I was going to encourage you guys with tonight. There is just a, a boldness from you that encouraged me. Really, there is a purity in you that encouraged me. And how many of y'all know that it's like when someone has like that pure heart, that pure soul, it's like you can't help but listen to them, right? You can't just help but follow them, right? And so this message um, was encouraged by you being bold and real with everybody. And I'm kind of blown away that you're sitting in the seat that I was at every single time when I was a student here. And so that's really cool. But um, tonight I'm going to encourage you guys.
to put these five things in your arsenal on how to have a faith that is alive. The title of this message is called Don't Fall Out the Window. I wanna read you guys these stats real quick. As of last year, there are now 8 billion people in the world. That's a lot of people. One out of four people in the world are between the ages of 11 and 26, which is considered Gen Z. Two out of three Gen Zers are expected to leave the church, which leads us to have this massive claim that Gen Z is leaving the church. Some people even believe that this is the generation that is dead, dead in their faith. But I don't know about you, but I believe in the opposite. I believe the faith in this generation is more alive than it ever has been. And I know you guys have been seeing what's been going around in this country. But I also think this generation isn't leaving the church like willingly because Jesus is amazing. Why would you leave Jesus? But what I do know is that there are people falling out of church and they're also falling asleep and that they need to be awake and that they need to be more alive. So tonight we're gonna be in Acts 20 and y'all can go ahead and go there. I'm gonna be reading out of the message translation. And so you can definitely read what translation you want. It's gonna be up here. And I'm gonna encourage you guys on this. It's gonna be on the board, I think. There we go. So we met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Master's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan was to leave first thing in the morning, but Paul talked on and on. This is funny to me because they were like, yeah, we had plans to leave, but Paul kept preaching. And you know, we preachers like to preach. Like I already been here for 10 minutes. So like, it's like, you know, we like to preach. But again, Paul talked on and on way past midnight. We were meeting in a well-lighted upper room and a young man named Eutychus was sitting in an open window. Everybody say Eutychus. That's a cool name. And that's what I want to name my son, but Tori doesn't want to. Like, come on, like Udy, you, okay, still, still not working. <laughs> Thank you. A young man named Eutychus was sitting in an open window. And as Paul was speaking and talking on and on, and this author is cracking me up because he's like, bro, this dude is talking on and on. As Paul went on and on, Eutychus fell sound asleep and toppled out the third story window. <laughs> a young man named Eutychus was sitting in an open window and as Paul went on and on, Eutychus fell sound asleep and toppled out the third story window. He fell out of, <laughs> I know y'all heard that, that was an accident. He fell out the third story window during a church meeting and when they picked him up, he was dead. When they picked him up, he was dead. All right, we're gonna pause right here for a second. Something that's been on my mind these past few months is why did we waste all this time putting so much attention on these viruses and pandemics, on these trends, focus on these politics or what's going on on social media, but then we completely lost sight on the biggest epidemic, which is young people falling out of church or the ones that are in church who come every week, who come every Sunday. They're hearing the word where the preaching is good, the worship is great, but for whatever reason, something is still taking a hold on their life and they're falling out of church, and they're in church. And I get it, 
for so many years, you can tell me if I'm wrong, for so many years, we focused on getting other people back into church. These last three years, we focused on getting people back into the church that we forgot about the people in church. Because for years, we thought this was the solution to get people in church. But here's the issue with this. What about everyone else? There are people in our church right now that are falling asleep and the Holy Spirit wants to wake them up. He wants to wake you up. Let's continue the scripture. Paul went down, stretched himself on him and hugged him hard. I love this because instead of freaking out, he went straight into healing and prayer mode. Like Paul didn't care. This man had faith. No more crying, he said. There is life in him yet. There is life in him yet. Then Paul got up and served the master's supper. This is communion. And went on telling stories of the faith until dawn. These are testimonies and stories of miracles. And on that note, they left Paul going one way, the congregation going another, and the boy leaving the boy off alive and full of life themselves. There's so much to unpack here. So I'm gonna go back in each part of scripture and give you guys a little bit of each point. But this is where we are right now, guys. There's a whole bunch of y'all falling asleep and falling off a window. And there's just people watching and crying, giving up on this generation. But what I'm here to tell you guys tonight, what I'm here to testify and encourage you with is that there is life in them yet. There is life in you yet. This generation isn't dead yet. Not, not even close. So how do we have a faith that's alive? One, first point, wake up. Wake up. Wake up and recognize where you are. And I get it. There's cool stuff going on all over the place right now. There's revival happening, Asbury, Texas A&M, beaches in California, cool stuff are going everywhere. But what are we waiting for? For God's attention? Want me to roast y'all real quick? He, he has our attention. When we stop and pray, the God of the universe stops and listens to you. And he hears you. And he sees you. Our worship, when we worship, and I got to see this earlier, it took a while, but our worship should be a response of knowing that he is here. Not a response of the performance. That's not what worship is. So when you worship, next time you worship, ask yourself like, am I doing this because Tyler Seller sounds good? Or am I, am I worshiping because I know God's here? And he would say the same thing. That dude is so good at pushing and leading to Jesus. I don't even know where he is. I was trying to look at him, but it's okay. I love you. But look, there's grace. So if you've fallen asleep the window already, there's still grace. You're not dead yet. Just wake up. Wake up and pray. Wake up and read the word. Wake up and seek wisdom from others because we could all use some wisdom. But wake up and tell your friend too about your fall. Get into a community. Dude, if you're still not in a life group or you're skipping, I'm challenging you. Stop doing that. Stop isolating. 
Stop trying to do this alone. It doesn't work. It sucks. I've tried it many times. As a college student, as a college leader, even as a pastor, I've isolated. It doesn't end well. Get into a community. Wake up. I love how in scripture we just read, Paul went down, stretched himself on him and hugged him hard. We also need to wake up and serve the generation around us. And so if you're in here and you're like really good at inviting people and talking to college students, you'll work your way and, and try to lead on this team. <laughs> Serve in student ministry. Serve in kids ministry. You guys were in high school before. Y'all were in middle school. You remember you sucked. Come on, you remember that. They need you. Donzel was terrible, y'all. <laughs> they need y'all. There's a whole lot of Eutychus in here, but you're not dead yet. God hasn't given up on you. Second, know who you are. Know who you are. Ask yourself these questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? Now, I know I'm not the only one that asks these questions, but I know some of us here struggle with asking ourselves these questions daily. Elevation. You have a God who loves you and answers your questions. So who am I? Who am I to God? You're his creation. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The creator of the universe made you. God sees you. He knows you and you're his child. What about why am I here? This is such a timeless question because we always ask this. You're here to glorify God. You're here to serve him. You're here to prepare for eternity with him. You are heirs of his kingdom. What am I supposed to do with my life? I know y'all ask this, being in college, God wants you to live a life full of purpose. He wants you to live a life of peace and joy. He wants to see you win. He wants to see you have meaningful relationships. He wants you to step out of faith. Once you're able to answer that, three, realize your Paul potential. Realize your Paul potential. Yo, Paul the apostle was a freak, a Jesus freak. Y'all know. Y'all were in a series last year about it for a while, right? How many weeks? Y'all know he was crazy. He was doing, yo, <laughs> that man. He was a follower of Christ whose life was radically transformed. Before his name changed to Paul, he was actually Saul of Tarsus. And y'all remember, he hated Christians. His general mission was to kill Christians. Like that was his goal in life. And then one day he surrendered his life to God. And if you haven't read about that, do it, study it. But what amazes me about Paul is that he is proof that God can use anyone. God can use anyone. He can use you because if he can use the dude that murdered mad Christians for fun, he can use the college student here struggling with anxiety. He can use you. One thing I love about Paul is that that dude also didn't live to please anyone. Check out this verse. Galatians 1, 10 through 13. For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul called by God, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. 
For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Come on. This dude was serious about being a father. He was serious about the gospel. But let's go back to the story real quick. Even though Paul was speaking for hours and hours at this church, when Eutychus fell out the window, Paul was so bold and confident with faith, stretching himself over this dude. He said, there is life in him yet. There is life in him yet. God can use you that way too. You know that? Will you realize your Paul potential? Fourth, and I want you to ask yourself this. And Ben will come up here in a second. Ask yourself this. Are you really free? Come on. Are you really free? Are you really saved? Did you just say a prayer and think you were saved? Are you truly putting your faith into action? The first message I ever taught in Elevation, I was, uh, I think I was a junior in college and it was a Young Guns. Um, and I got to encourage on Jesus healing the man with the withered hand. Y'all familiar with that story? If you are, cool. I'm gonna read it to you guys. But it's about Jesus healing the man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. I'm gonna read it to y'all. I love this verse. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching and a man was there whose right hand was withered and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they may find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts and he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, all he said to them was, stretch out your hand and he did so, and his hand was restored. <laughs> they were filled with fury and discussed with one another, one another with what they might do to Jesus. Here's where I'm gonna stop looking right here. There is some of you in here that, have, that are like that man with the withered hand. You are paralyzed with the hidden sin in your life right now. And I promise you, I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to manipulate, put anything in your mind or in your heart. But some of you in here are, are struggling and are stuck. And Jesus is literally telling you, stand up and stretch out your hand. And so I'm imagining this guy, you know, because in some places it's like, uh, I don't want to explain the hand. That's just, it, it just didn't look good, okay? And I was just imagining like, this guy's already embarrassed. People probably already don't talk to them. People probably don't ever give him eye contact. And Jesus just told him to stand up in front of a whole bunch of people. That shame, right? That fear of what, what people are thinking of me or how they're looking at me. And what I'm encouraged by is he said, stretch out your hand. I try to imagine like how much courage it took him to stretch out his withered hand to him. But some of you are in here 
and you wouldn't stretch out your hand back because you're scared of what the person in the left or the right are gonna think about you. There is probably some of you in here when I asked who needs prayer for being tired and weary, some of you didn't raise your hand because you felt so prideful and you didn't want no one to know that you were tired and weary because the world makes it okay to be a workaholic. The world makes it okay to, to do all these things. But when it means your life being healed and free, you're not gonna stretch your hand out to Jesus. I've been here where you're at. That shame, that guilt, the fear. Jesus wants to heal you though. And it doesn't matter what the person on the left or the right thinks of you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole and he wants to make you new. He wants a real relationship with you. And the reason why this is so important is because when I was paralyzed in secret sin, hidden sin, my invitations to people stopped. I stopped inviting people to church. I stopped, I stopped smiling. I stopped being joyful. It took over my life. And it's happened more than one time. But are you really free in here? Are you really saved? Five, share your story and bring people home. Then Paul got up and served the master's supper and went on telling stories of the faith until dawn. Elevation, your story matters. And not only does your story matter, but your voice matters too. Y'all were made for such a time as this. Your schools need Jesus, bring it to them. Your families need Jesus, bring it to them. Your coworkers need Jesus, bring it to them. Your friends, they need Jesus, bring it to them. Your enemies, they need Jesus, bring it to them. Sharing your story matters because you're sharing about the hope Jesus gave to you. My story is super simple. I told you, I'll, I'll get back to why I came here. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, uh, but I'm very Southern now. I've been here for like eight years. <laughs> but when I do go back home, uh, my accent comes back. It's crazy. Tori says it all the time. She's like, dude, you go for a week and you're scaring me now, you know, because um, we're kind of rough apparently. But I'm a kid from Brooklyn and I moved here for school. I came to UCA, go Bears. I dropped out. Um, <laughs> who else is a dropout? Come on, don't like, yes, let's go. Thank you, Lord. Don't drop out though. If you're like, I mean, if you're calling to school, do it. Finish, Logan. Um, oh wait, no, you finished. Thank you. He almost dropped out. Sorry, I didn't mean to roast you. My bad. <laughs> I was like, don't do it, Logan. Don't be like me, please. I'm so poor. He's <laughs> worth it though. But, I came here and it took a big leap of faith though. Um, the only thing I knew about Conway, Arkansas was a few years ago, so like 10 years ago, free, you may have known this because you were probably in college, is when uh, UCA baseball team got on the not top 10 for fighting. Do you remember that? Um, that was the only thing I knew about Conway and then Chris Allen. Come on, Chris Allen. Gotta live. Um, but... That was the only two things I knew about Conway, Arkansas. Uh, I looked up the city on Google Maps and I was like, bro, this is bad. 
what am I getting myself into? I fly into Little Rock and I'm like, dude, this, this airport's like a garage. There's just no way right now. Like, I just flew out of LaGuardia and I'm like, what is this, man? Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm gonna just be real with y'all. I came here to have as much sex as I could. I came to party as much as I could. And I wanted to get my degree and dip out immediately. I didn't, I didn't have any other goal. I just wanted to live for the world. And then one day, um, SOS crew, is anyone in here in SOS? For UCA, what is, is it still called that? There's these SOSers, Sean Ingram and Emily, and they were telling me about New Life Church and they were telling me about this college ministry. And I was down, but I also wasn't down because I still wanted to do my thing. And so they were the first ones that reached out. And then there is these other campus ministries, which I'm not gonna tell you which ones they were because their approach was cringy. And um, it really cringy, yo, like, gosh. Someone tried to heal, never mind. I'm just, I'm done. Um, but all these campus ministries were reaching out to me and uh, I wasn't bought in yet. I still wanted to do my own thing. And uh, there was like a, man, what kind of night was it? It was a guest speaker. It was, it was Chris O. And all my friends were going because I invited a whole bunch of people. Even though I wasn't a believer, I, I was a big bringer. And for some reason, I just, I didn't want to go. I just stayed in my dorm. I think the new 2K just came out and I was creating a player and I was going to grind on it. And uh, I hear like a, a knock on my door and it was Hunter Mitchell. He's over there, wave your hand. And um, he's one of my best friends. He was like knocking on the door and Sweet Hunter, like during this time, like massive introvert. Like this was like definitely like some, you know, he just didn't just do. And he goes, hey bro, um, all the girls are at elevation. All the, the, the girls are going to elevation. We can go to that, we can go to that pipe party after if you want. And I'm just, I'm just like, yo, I'm gonna stay quiet. And he's like, I know you're in there. I saw you get on. I saw you on Xbox. And he was just like, let's go. And so we went, and this is when Elevation was late. It was like 8 p.m. because it was before real life. Now in a see youth, amen. And um, I go, zero expectation. There is a lot of people there. I think like 300. It was massive, 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 massive. And uh, I remember hating every moment of it. I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I here? And if y'all know Chris, so he has a German wife and he was doing this stupid German accent. And I was like, bro, this is so wack. Why is this rock star dude telling me about his German wife? Like, I just want to get out of here. He does his message. He does an altar call and I'm a peeper. And so I like had my head up looking around, nobody raised their hand. And I was like, I knew this was fake. I knew this was fake. And so I'm like looking around, like laughing, joking around. And then that's when he goes, hey, you with the glasses. <laughs> and I was like, no, why does he see me? He goes, hey, you with the glasses. I don't care if nobody heard my message. I don't care if no one raised their hand if the only reason why I'm here tonight is for you, this is what God wants you to know. He loves you. He misses you. Come home. <laughs> Just like, 
what just happened? And Jesus captivated my heart forever. I got wrecked and immediately down in tear works. And I couldn't see because I was crying on my glasses. And then right after that, y'all, right after that, it was, it was like a Peter moment when Jesus was like, hey, follow me. I'm gonna make you a fisherman. Literally that night, I texted, you remember this night. That night we texted like what? 30, 40 people. We told our friend Tyler Blades to bring his guitar. He played hallelujah. <laughs> like his, because I wanted like a worship vibe song. We had them all at the amphitheater at UCA. I shared my testimony. And some of my friends started saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. And God captured my heart forever. So I want to read you this verse. Actually, everybody stand up. I'm going to read you this verse. Man, I love this verse. Joel 2, 12 through 13. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Gosh. I love this verse because it communicates to me, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late to, to live a life for the Lord. It's not too late to switch your, your major and do something else or drop out of school and do ministry. It's not too late to go and apologize to your best friend that you haven't talked to in years. It's not too late to, to talk to your mom or dad that you haven't talked to in a few years. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with them. It's not. Reach out to them. Say what's up. 